The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. This episode of the Intermediate Line is brought to you by Nervous Water. For all your premium fly fishing requirements, please visit nervouswater.com.au. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Good evening, Vaults. Good evening, listeners. Good morning, listeners. Wherever you are on this big blue ball. <laughs> interesting uh, description, mate. Very it's interesting not, description. It's not entirely accurate. It's partly green as well. Are we talking about the Earth? We could be. And we are. You know yeah. what? Let's not play games anymore. It is the Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, we're, we're well and truly in the middle of winter, and um, we are down here in the southern uh, southern hemisphere. I know that the flip side, of the northern hemisphere, is getting it, getting it, getting the heat, which is uh, well, if they live in those parts of the world, they cop the heat as well. So yeah, but um, down here, it's um, we're getting another another freak rain system in the middle of winter, which is quite weird because it's raining all day at your place. Yeah, it was pretty gentle, though. But yeah, yeah just fairy piss. Very pissed, right? Yeah. yeah. Good word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, we'll get into this, but I went, I went fishing last night and wore my uh, my UGG boots uh, all night, and they got satched, and I just pulled them out of the uh, bucktail dehydrator, and um, <laughs> and mate, they just feel like a, a lush pair of foot dooners now. They're great. <laughs> Beautiful, tasty <laughs> warm. So it was raining last night. Yeah. Yeah, yep. you're right. It was cold? Not really. Cloud cover was everywhere and uh it was yeah. uh it was quite comfortable. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh tell us about it, man. What uh Well I've been well, mate. How about yourself? You've been well? You say oh, you yeah. get to jump in. I like I mean I wanna I wanna I wanna sort of uh you know, just 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 lead people in just a little bit a little bit slower, you know, with before we get into the um the violins, you know, of how like- how bad it went last night. <laughs> I've tried to, I've tried to like drop some positives first, like these foot dooners, you know. Like I mean, there's nothing much better in the world than pulling a pair of UGG boots out of uh, of a warm dehydrator, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. You just set the temperature to like 45 degrees and you just slip your feet into some lamb's wool, 45 degree slices of heaven. Does it release any extra lanolin at that uh, that temperature? I doubt there's any lanolin in Ugg boots. Right. Highly processed sheepskin, lamb's wool. Yep. Uh-huh. Lamb's wool. Uh-huh. I'm guessing they're from lambs, are they? Do you know that? I don't know. You'd have to ask your Kiwi. I'd know. Yeah. Oh, you're making friends everywhere, aren't you? Well, that's like the sheep capital of the world, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to touch that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm sure that whatever New Zealand puts their mind to, they're really good at. They are. They're really good. The best. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, look, mate, to spin you back around to what you uh, alluded to earlier, uh, well, maybe I brought it up, maybe you did. We'll never know. But I did go fishing last night, yeah. Right, right. Me and uh, me and my friend Jake Cooper, or as I like to call him, Jakey88, Shout out yeah. to Jake. I know he's listening to this. Uh, he's got a new roster with work, so he listens to the podcast uh, whilst he's traveling, so he gets plenty of time to digest it all. We're digest not, this, uh, Jake. We yeah. should have done better. <laughs> but hang on. First of all, where does the name Jakey88, where's the 88 come from? I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's a big fan of Expos or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. He, uh, did you go to World Expo 88? I did. Yeah. I did. I got my uh, World Expo 88 passport stamped in many countries. <laughs> I experienced um, many, many uh, customs as I moved from um, Carnival Sideshow to Carnival Sideshow. You know? Right. Yep. You know, did you go? Yeah, but there was one uh, There was one pavilion I I took forever to get into. Like it was, you know, I think it was in the last week or so because we had one of those season passes. Mm. And, um, and every time we went, it was a massive, massive lineup, and we'd we'd go. Oh, we'll go there next time. We'll go there next time. Hmm. Um, and that was New Zealand Pavilion, actually. You know. Oh, really? Did they have yeah. dehydrators with Ugg boots in there? I don't remember it. It was there was a strong lanolin smell, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think there was from memory that uh, Slice of Heaven was playing by Dave Dobbin. Yes. Uh, yeah, like on like repeat. <laughs> Can you imagine being a staff yeah. member in there, hearing that thing just go around all day? And there was um, there was this sort of uh, animated laser uh, cartoon foot rot flat stock from memory. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember that. I'll be honest with you. Don't you? Okay. Yeah. No, it was a long time ago, '88, back when Jake was born. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I wonder if he was an eight, an Expo '88 baby. Maybe his parents met there, something like that. Good question, mate. Yeah. Uh, Ferris wheel, something like that. Yeah. When did when did uh, what's nine months after um, Expo eighty eight? <laughs> Maybe they met in the New Zealand Pavilion. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. Anyway, Jakey, shout out to Jakey. Uh, you know, yeah, um, he, uh, he he brought the conversation last night. It was good. Yeah. Um, because neither of us brought the heat with the fishing. Really. Really, really. Nah, we uh, we we had a shocker. It was um, it was uh, frustrating. Well, it was kind of frustrating. It was um, the rain that we're experiencing now 
yep. was just starting to show. And we had a situation where you would observe the radar. And I'm sure many of us have seen this, where you see rain north and south, but just one, like, seemed like an, a, a couple of acres of cloud that just sort of hung over where you were fishing. Right. You know? And um, it just hung around. We, we got out of it and hung around under bridges in the boat for a while and stuff, but uh, most of the night we were fishing in it. And that's why my Ugg boots are wet. Uh, under bridges, eh? Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Downtown. But, uh, I bl- huh? Downtown? <laughs> what do you mean downtown? No, it was it was, uh, it was it was in a river, mate. Oh, okay. That's why they've got bridges there, to put the road over the river. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Sometimes there's fish there, sometimes there's not. But, uh, <laughs> yes. No, it was... Um, it was challenging, mate. We uh, we um, we didn't end up with anything more than a couple of um, pike, and um, and it got a couple of hair tail as well. I think Jakey caught a um, not a bad little big eye rally, but it was just yeah, we didn't skunk, but it was was not rewarding, that's for sure. Yeah, you were fishing. Have you ever caught it? You go. No, no, you go. You were fishing with Jake when you got a decent jack once, right? A knife. Uh, yeah, that was a 58 centimetre jack, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was right. in the same river, actually, but um, different time of the year. Yep, yep, cool. Nice work. Thanks, mate. I thought of you instantly when I pulled that in. The jack? Yeah, okay. I thought to myself, suck it, Volts, you didn't get this. <laughs> oh, wow, man. That's unusually competitive an alpha of you, but yeah, right. Well, it's just high, I've got high T, you see? I can't help it. <laughs> you got no T. Settle down, mate. <laughs> so I mean, that would—that's not the reply of someone with low T, dude. <laughs> oh, you about this all night? I don't care. Yeah, man. I know. I got all night. You got right. all night. Chris never loses. He just runs out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Nah. Have you ever caught hair tail before? <laughs> no, I haven't. That's—that's that's a unique capture. That's fantastic. Have you, haven't you? Okay. <laughs> No, tell me about hair tail. I can take. Yeah, what do you know about hair tail? Are they an eel or are they a fish? Or like, tell me about them. That's a good question, you know, because I've heard them called glorified pike eels before, which is probably not a bad description. But uh, for those, sorry, yeah, mate, you were going to intervene. Yeah, I, I, they, there is a resemblance there. I, th- I thought they're a little bit more pelagic than the uh, than the, the pike eel, which, as as you would say, hangs out in the benthic strata. <laughs> do they? I don't know. I've never caught a pike eel on fly. Ah, uh, okay. I've yeah. caught them on bait. Yeah. I don't even think I've caught them on lures, actually. But um, either way, have you ever caught a pike eel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Big one? Uh, it was reasonable. About um, We just got its head out of the water and cut the line, but it, it looked about like the thick, thickness of a... Of your, oh no, not of your wrist, maybe. A Coke can or something. Nah, not even that. Maybe a, maybe a Red Bull can, you know. Something. Oh like right. That. Oh no, yeah. man, I've I've caught them like the thickness of a of a Coke can, easy. It's uh, yeah. or even a Tolly bottle, really. And you get them up on the land, and they're just, they're so aggressive. They'll they'll com- they'll almost stand their ground like they meant to live out of the water. They're wild, big teeth on them. They're like like barracuda eels or something like that. I guess you could call them. Pretty interesting animals, but yeah, the uh, hair tail is quite similar in the yeah. way that it's um it's long and thin, 
for those who haven't seen them, they um, I can't believe we're doing an international fly fishing podcast about hair tail right now, but let's keep going. Um, they are chrome silver, uh, just like a like a swimming mirror. It's a, just like a wolf herring sort of thing. Um, the interesting fact about about um, hair tail, did you know they swim vertically? Really? Yeah. Wow. What's the fight like? They're not bad, you know. I thought I thought we were we were out there with um with you know twig twig rods for the species we're chasing, chasing jewfish, and um fishing by the sounder and and found you know saw a heap of stuff on the sounder and um which is another part of the conversation. But when something bumped it or hooked up, it's not that far fetched to think it was like a you know a little soapy or something like that. They're not too bad. Very disappointing when you see what they are, though. Right. Mm. Are they edible? I believe they are. I think that um, I believe I read somewhere in a. I had a fishing book when I was a kid, um, and that's where I first heard of hairtail. Uh, and I believe in some parts of down in Sydney there, I believe they're desirable. I don't think a lot of people realise that they come this far north. Uh, then we might be at the most further furthest north, this uh, most northern part of their distribution i should say um but i believe that they're, they're nice smoked which is tra- translation they taste like shit. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there'd be much meat on them i think it I, I don't know i don't know i don't know how you'd cook them they they look they look razor thin yep i don't I know reckon, how you sorry yeah i reckon bolty would know how to eat them Oh, for sure, mate. Bolchi, yeah. Bolchi would first of all would uh, examine it for any row, <laughs> extract the row right then and there on the boat, and then yeah. I'm sure he'd um I'm sure he'd probably give it a go at cooking it, and going by his uh, the way he's dealt with other river meat, he'd probably feed it to his son first for a, for an indication of what it tastes like, <laughs> then give it a go himself. <laughs> you gotta admire that right i mean like the, the younger the younger people in our family are usually the, the fittest and the more more resilient to um yeah. to you know stomach bugs yeah. trigonosis you know are you are you suggesting that he might be the beef eater of the family who's no. that ryan could be could be yeah. we'll never know mate because follow he won't the, know what he's testing ever follow the beef eater yeah. <laughs> and he said to me once in regards to carp when he was in living in new south wales eating them um uh that I, he could put it in front of me and i wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and a reef fish <laughs> surely told me <laughs> just for real, just for real. I, yeah. I, and i reckon he'll probably listen to this right now and um andy feel free to put a comment under the under the uh post uh you know if i'm if i'm telling porkies happy to wear it if i am but i'm pretty sure i'm not oh in regards to that man i've been so busy with work uh i know i just went fishing sound like i'm i'm living the lap of living in the lap of luxury of uh of time right but i forgot to advertise the last show oh really really and truly man that's shit out because i had a lot of positive feedback from people on that i yeah, well, I'll put it out there for sure. By the time you hear you hear this show, which is coming out tomorrow, 
maybe before I edit the show, I might just start advertising. I don't, I don't know. But it is really good. If you haven't listened to the show, you're probably, um, probably wondering what, um, what. Oh, one of my friends um, contacted me and said, you guys are going to put a show out this week because I forgot to put it up on social media. I said, yeah, there's a show out, no problem. Yeah, but uh, if you haven't heard about it or seen it, it's about access and um, it's about, you know, the rules and regulations. I suppose we've got Alistair McBurney on and he talked about um, stuff. What do you talk about, Vols? I mean, talk about it in a, in, a, in a better way to label it without me sort of waffling. Well, he's, yeah, his job is primarily to do with access and determining who decides if it's lawful to access an area or not. You know, it, was, um, uh, it probably dealt more with uh, can you go somewhere rather than should you go somewhere. Mm. Uh, but that was sort of touched on uh, both as well. It's one of those ones you're probably going to have to have two or three listens to and, you know, go off and do some homework to get the best out of it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, yeah. tonight's guest will probably go through that a little bit tonight as well. But, you know, geez, we're, we're well and truly into the intro now. I, I kind of feel like feel like we haven't even started talking about what we're going to talk about in the intro yet. But, you know, anyway, we'll, we'll reveal that guest later on for sure. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's keep going on the intro, man. So you went fishing. Yeah, I did go fishing. It, was cold. it wasn't cold, but it was wet. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, that cloud cover, I suppose, in winter in Queensland, uh, I it might have might have got down to maybe 16 degrees Celsius. Right. Um, not that cold, really. You know, it was all right. Heaps of people out. It was, it was surprising how many people were out in the river. Have I've never I, I have seen this um, uh, this year a little bit, but I can't remember seeing it in previous years. People live baiting with uh, lights on the top of their floats. Have you, have you seen that around before? Nah, what are they doing? They got like, um, they're like almost like nav lights on, on not a red and green, but they got red and green floats. Um, they're the two colours they picked, in, mainly red, and they just they just floating. They must be floating out live bait or something like that in the middle of the river. Wow. Uh, I don't know what they're floating out. They're huge baits. I don't know what they're catching, but it wasn't like one group of people in the one spot, like through various areas of the river. I've never seen it before. Um, I have, like, I should say I've seen it this year, but I've not seen it before this year. I've seen plenty of people float out light baits under balloons and floats or whatever, but uh, not with the lights on like that. Probably not a bad idea because we were navigating around. We had to go around them a couple of times because they're whatever rods they're using to chuck them out. They they find their way out into the into the channel. Right. You know, so it's um, pretty cool. But um, yeah, that particular river that we we're fishing has got a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, a lot of professionals work out of that river. You know, it's um, it's a big mooring for trail uh, trawlers and things like that, yeah. uh, which I, I don't really like to fish around um, at night because the guys are working there. I, I'd hate to put me you know, flies in their nets and all that sort of stuff, but we did have a look around it last night. Yeah. And that's probably why we we, we um we bulked out on pike. <laughs> Yellowfin pike? Yeah. I used to love those things, man. Used to, used to, buy lures to catch them when i was a kid used to ride me bike down to to um to the spot and just go just 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 spinning for spinning little hard bodies for um pike that really? was fun but i hate the hate them so much now you got right into it using hard bodies on it yeah man yeah i i actually was i've spoken about on the show before in regards to um saying the bass got me into lures and stuff for that and it kind of did but my i was talking to jake about last night my actual first introduction to anything 
artificial. I was very young. I don't know, six, seven, maybe even younger. I don't know about that. Was a dude off the jetty. He was tying. It looked like he was tying. He was. He was we were just fishing with bait. And this dude was just smashing these fish. I didn't even know what they were. He must have been down there collecting bait, and they were just a pike and just one after the other. And I'm, me and my brother were like, wow. And I, I went up to him and little kid, excuse me, Mister, can can what are you using? And he had to know. It was just, the curiosity was killing us. And it was really. It was kind of really rude. And I was ah, just just something I made up sort of thing. I, I can't remember exactly what he said. It was a long time ago. But anyway, I asked him for yeah. one. As they turned out, they were like um, like a crimp nylon, like a fluoro crimp nylon, just lashed onto a hook, and he was just jigging them around like he had them um, had like a sinker down the bottom and had them like a paternoster thing, and he just dropped it down like a like a bait jig, you know. Oh, wow. That was the first. That was the first artificial stuff I seen. I th- I'm pretty sure, and it was all on um, Yellowtail Pike, but it was just um, they were just an easy fish to catch on lures, you know. I was getting into lures and lures on salt water and. You know, um, and Pike were Pike were cool. I was pretty young though, you know, just early teens, sort of thing. Yeah, right. Got any Pike flies in the Australian fly ties go off? Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, Volta's Volta's Pike kit, we call it. Incredible <laughs> 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 nylon tied to a hook. Yeah, they're really short flies too, you know, yeah. and uh, heaps of hair. Oh. <laughs> Putting the hair in hair tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we're hit, hitting lights and things like that around the place. It's yeah. pretty effective, eh? Like, I think fly fishing, doing that sort of stuff, hitting light lines and bridge lines and, um, uh, you know, like uh, just any sort of light line. Like, there's there's um, light lines off bridges, obviously. Um, you know, the place around the trawler, sometimes they've got big lights that hang off the jetty that bolt in the water. Some places have got lights that are under the water and transoms and things like that. But yep. essentially, most most uh, estuaries around Australia are going to have that scenario. Most people are, are onto it for sure. But it's 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 a pretty fun way to fly fish. Most times, you don't need to be dredging or sinking lines down. Um, but that's exactly what I was doing last night for most of the time. The stuff that I couldn't find. Oh, well, it's nice. You just put your camera on. Appreciate hey. that, mate. It's very distracting. Well, you just, you you not you weren't aware of it? <laughs> of course I was. Oh yeah. right, okay. I just thought you might have just pressed the, the Tinder mode button or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, I was just talking fly fishing. Yeah, sorry man. Talking so about and, and Jakey was looking resplendent, you were saying. Yep. Yeah, 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 I was. Um no, I was talking about using fast sink lines. Yeah. You don't really need to around the light lines, you could use a floating line or an intermediate line quite comfortably. I reckon, yep. but um, we'll fish into the sounder a lot. So, you know, like uh, I like to hunt the edge of the lines. Like I find the bigger fish sort of on those light line stuff hang in the dark, you know? Okay. Yep. Oh, no, you know what I mean? Dark side of the light light line. Yeah, but the dark, the light line, I would imagine it is, um, you know, as it's penetrating the water, it's almost like got like a, almost like a radius of distance. So the, the, the shallower the water, the, this might seem obvious the shallower the water the more the light penetrates but the deeper it gets it cuts a radius back around underneath itself sort of thing so um i don't mean necessarily mean sitting as far off from that light line as possible and sort of hitting the edge on the surface i mean sometimes dredging that fly down under like as far as the light penetrates do you know what i mean yeah i gotcha so it might be it might be direct under a particular light whatever the light source is whether it's 
well what doesn't matter you know it could could be the moon you know but um but whatever it is i think i think the the bait fish are attracted to the light they get drawn towards it and obviously that attracts the bigger fish but the bigger fish um aren't going to hunt very well if they're this this massive shadow sitting in the, in the light so they yeah. use the darkness to conceal the size of themselves and that's where they hunt you know and if something's stupid enough to drift out of the light into the dark that's where they're waiting good times in the dark eh, mate? well i wouldn't know anything about that um i guess other than i fish in the dark yeah yeah but sure is there anything you could expand on that yeah well i'm, I'm guessing yeah the the bait fish can't uh can't silhouette or, or make out the uh you know the the predators in the dark so yeah it's a more natural ambush point eh? It can be pretty fun fishing, eh? It can be pretty dumb yeah. fishing, but you can really, you can sort of get, you can get pretty technical with it if you like, I suppose. Um, yeah. I think sometimes the the, the 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 light source can be overlooked as well. Like, um, you look for the biggest and brightest and stuff. It's not necessarily the best, you know. There's some there's some rivers I fish like that that it'll be just like there'll be one light on a stretch of river that's not much stronger than a candle almost. And it might just hold one predatory fish. They'll be really close to that light because it's not strong. So it's easy. It's easy to know where to put your cast. Yeah, that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. It mm. it it does. I think with with experience too, you you sort of um, you get a feel for you know the hot zone in any light and dark situ- you know situation. It's very it's very easy to be. Uh, unmotivated to fish at night obviously it's particularly in winter it's cold be raining all night like it was for us it's much easier just to sit inside and and uh watch a movie that's for sure but uh and it didn't pay off for us last night but i mean there's been plenty of nights fishing where it does and there's plenty of nights fishing where as for fly fishermen we're still fishing at quite a shallow part of the water um you know like it it it, it, although you can't see as well obviously being night um, unless you're, you're fishing to a sounder, you can see the same stuff as you see during the day. And if you, if you, unless you're fishing the flats, where you're actually physically seeing fish, if you the, the term sight fishing, if you're old school enough to actually mean that you're looking at a fish before you cast at it. Um, yeah. um, you know, most time, most scenarios, you're fishing the same thing, same place in the industry as you fish during the day. There's less traffic, less, there's no sun. It's, um, it's the fish are more active. I think it's a really good time to fish. You know, it really is, particularly around school holidays too. Uh huh. You've done a bit of night fishing, though, right? I have. I have um, done a bit with you, and uh, I've done uh, yeah, I've done I've done barramundi dams in the dark. That's that's fun. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, oh yeah, pre-dawn bass. Probably the best way to catch bass. Yeah. Uh, Top water. Yeah, yeah. So not the best, as in the most enjoyable for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I yeah. agree. Yeah, it's um that that first light that comes up for topwater bass is is awesome. Yeah, so much fun. So, yeah, yeah. No, yep. I totally agree. Yeah, they're um yeah something about it. It's it is just so cool. Um, everyone should experience it. it yeah, if you're going to catch bass, you might as well do it in a fun way, and I reckon that's pretty cool. Is there is there a way that's not fun, boss? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah well, what the day you got? <laughs> What's that? So oh, the tuna comp. Yeah, well, 
we all get presented with the same opportunity. It's just a matter of, um, you know, how we how we uh, accept that opportunity, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder, yeah. harder, harder to defend that from the minority, you know, than um, than in the when you're not the majority, you know. <laughs> yeah, what did you do that comp? Did you just sit, sit around drinking piss? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, cool. Winched about the weather, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's positive. Yeah. yeah, no, it was. I mean, we were, we were all impressed. Hey, like, thought, oh, when when life gives you lemons, you could you could do what Chris and Charlie Sheen do, give lemonades. But anyway, um, it's one. I of see what you did there. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, though, uh, to, to to pull you out of your funk of conversation, there, I did cool. get a, I, I did try a new rod last night. Oh, cool! Probably wasn't the best time to try it because it was uh, pretty different for me. This rod. Hang on, what um, what weight was it? Uh, it wasn't so much the weight, but it was a four weight. Yep. Okay. But the thing that made it unique was it's my first fiberglass rod. Sorry, you were using a four weight fiberglass rod for the first time at night. Fishing for Jewies. Yes. Wow. No one saw that plus twist coming. Full <laughs> of surprises, Chris Adams. Uh, well, the particular river that I fish, I'm generally pretty confident for Jewfish, although it didn't come to fruition. Although I have fished this river for many years, and uh, you know, which which brings on the confidence. I haven't um, caught a legal fish out of there ever and i don't know many people who have so right. i was pretty confident that the four weight was going to be fun yep. but wasn't going to be overpowered greatly probably was going to be i was willing to i was willing to get the eat then worry about it <laughs> okay this is this is, adds a new uh, a totally new dimension to otherwise tame sounding night so had you used a fiberglass rod before no this was your first experience casting a fiberglass rod. It was that yes. night. Um, you were using a weighted fly? Oh, I had a, a uh, about two and a half inch game changer on. Probably not the best fly for yeah. All that right. rod. Well, let's... Uh, <laughs> what were your first, first impressions of the casting fiberglass rod? Yep. Oh, well, I could tell you what it was like, okay? Just, you know, false cast, back cast, back cast. <laughs> Shut down. Um, uh, <laughs> no, look, it was um, it was a bit of a challenge, eh? It uh, yeah. I, I, the, the, I should point out the line I was using as well um, is a like a gin clear line, like one of the monic lines. It was um, an old SA line I got, like an old SA Stillwater. Yep. Line and um, um, yeah, it was it was weird. It was weird. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't see what the line was doing. I knew I had to slow it down. It was weird. It was really weird. I mean, I could put casts out um, inconsistently, but I really need to see what it, I, I need to see it during the day. Like putting a clear line and uh, out into the dark. I mean, it was ambient light. I mean, I could see yeah. my hand in front of my face, and I could, you know, I could see the reel, the rod, all that sort of stuff. But I couldn't see how the line was laying out. I couldn't see if I was throwing tailing loose or, or whatever. Yeah. It was weird, man. Could you feel it? Yeah, I mean, I could. What what I did notice, and, and okay, so my report based on on, on casting a fiberglass rod for the first time, yeah. as you, as we just pointed out, is in the dark. 
So all I could do, it was not much in point of me turning around to look at a back car, so I had to go by feel. I noticed that um, it didn't need much line out of the rod tip. I don't, I can't remember what grains that line is. I know it's a, it's a five weight line, so it's probably it's a five weight line, and, and the the era of that line would make it pretty accurate to AFTMA line ratings. Uh-huh. So I, like uh, I don't know, 120 grains maybe or something like oh, that. Wow. What do you mean wow? Is that too heavy for that? You reckon? Pro, I don't know what if it's too heavy for that rod, but. It- probably not a lot of grains to be throwing a two or three inch game changer you know? oh no no it's not the sort of not the sort of line well look i mean i've owned four weights before and a four a previous a previous four weights you know i i didn't i didn't have the disadvantage of learning how to cast like i mean i, I was using graphite rods many many times many many times many many years before i bought my first four weight so it was just a matter of transitioning to something that was just a little bit lighter. The action was similar. You could, the feel was similar, but this was fly fishing, but foreign is how it felt. Right. Did you enjoy it? Uh, it's hard to enjoy something that's, um, that's, um, not working well and consistent. I mean, like I'm, I'm fishing around structure and stuff like that. And I want to, I want to I wanna be able to put that fly exactly where I want it. Because it's an intermediate line. I mean, we just talk about dredging there and fishing to sand. You don't have to be as accurate there, but when you're fishing up high, you know you don't want you don't want to overshoot and you don't want to line anything in particular. You don't want your fly to land on the on the on the structure because if you have to go in and get it and drive over that light line or structure or whatever you whatever you're fishing, you you may as well. I mean, if that's your only spot to fish, you may as well go home. You know, you, you you've got limited places to fish. You, I'm sure many people understand what I'm fucking saying there, but. Uh, um, I still wanted my cast to count. Like I, I, I bought that four weight and I bought a six weight out in the boat, and I decided to pull the uh, four weight out of the right locker first. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm either going to get railed and um, and un- like you know catch a fish that's not controllable on that four weight. Again, I didn't know what it was even going to like to to fight a fish on it. I hear that they'll bend all the way to the cork, and I was having thoughts to myself going to myself am i going to think that i'm about to break the line when the rod's doing what it's meant to do i yep. just didn't know what was going to happen there's so much so much stuff that didn't go happen so I was, instead of sort of just going i'll get the skunk out of the boat with the six weight i'll uh, i just decided to just you know, start straight off in the four weight um so it was um i didn't get a chance to sort of warm up or get some good casts in or anything like that it was becoming more and more frustrating i guess in a way because i could put a cast in and then i couldn't repeat it and then I put two or three good casts in. I'm like, oh, okay, I've got this. And then the next one would, you know, clap out. You know, I probably carried a little bit too much line. But if I could just see what it was doing, I'm sure I could have. Um, I'm sure I'm sure I could have. I mean, the, the physics are all the same. It's just a matter of applying it in, in a different way, you know, as you know. For yeah, cast. Coming, coming to grips with the, the loading characteristics and the timing of the rod. Yeah. Um, you know, have you thought about getting a uh, casting instructor? Well, I was I was gonna ask you, but you're not one, right? <laughs> That's right, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You uh, you weren't willing to put yourself out there to, to do that that time, were you? Because I know Lowy did. You used to hang out with Lowy quite a bit, didn't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, I just too what salty. happened that time? You I thought you were going to be involved in um in that in that um uh what's the word assessment um opportunity? Well, you thought wrong. I have never had the inclination or expressed an interest in doing that. 
Ever. Neither did I. I just did that for a favor for Gavin Platts. He had dudes pull out and he'd gone, would you do it? And I'd gone, yeah, righto. Oh, really? Yeah, man. That's yeah, so that's nice of you, man. Um, yeah, it was. Thanks. I, I, I wish I had, uh, you know, spent more time becoming a good teacher just so I was better equipped for dealing with um, my son's challenges in life, their learning challenges, how to kick a football, how to play cricket and, you know, um, stuff like that. But, yeah. God, it's really hard to like go off the back of it. Normally, I would I would look for some witty way to sledge you and make you feel uncomfortable, but I'm not going to do that because of your sons. You know, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure they feel uncomfortable enough without me really highlighting these, you know, inadequacies <laughs> of you of you. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, they're good kids, man. Not they are they're great kids, mate. Yeah, for sure. And now I'm sure they'll do really well. Yeah. After. <laughs> With a bit of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, mate, but I haven't thought about getting tuition. And, uh, I, you know, like it's, uh, it's one of those things that I teach my students with that is, is, and I'm not, you're probably like, oh, here we go. But I'm not trying to preach on about it, but is the ability to diagnose your own faults. And, um, uh, I'm going to butcher this quote, but I believe it was Mel Krieger that said that, um, you know, the fault shows itself at the end of the line. We can trace that back to, um, to the rod and we can trace that back to the angler. The fault correction starts at the angler, which then tra- which which falls out to the rod, which then translates out to a proper cast of the line. Can't do that if you can't see it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So you know, being able to being able to look at the, what what the line's telling you, and then um, knowing knowing why that happens, you can generally correct what you got to at the rod. Um, yeah. You know, by correcting yourself. You sure. Know? Sure. Um, yeah. But. But yeah, no, it was, I don't. I mean, I don't, I'd like to run a series of lines. Uh, have you ever chucked or, or mucked your glass rods? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, so I'm not. I'm not going to mention the, the brand because it's not. It's got nothing to do with the brand. Uh, similar to you, like all, all my experience had been with um, um, with graphite rods, and hmm. I'd sort of sort of been following the vibe at the time. Was you know there'd been a um, there was a bit of a uh, movement. Glass is not dead. Um, there was a, a pretty popular blog called the Fiberglass Manifesto. Um, and the, you know, the what? Was, sorry, the Fiberglass, fiberglass what? Manifesto. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it um, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a glass vibe around, and I thought, oh, I'll give this a, I'll give this a crack. So I ordered this this make your own kit. And a mate did too, because there was this, uh, I think it was a 25% off sale or something like that. So, yeah, you know, we'll just get, we'll just jump on this. Um, anyway, the kit itself and was fantastic. Um, I'd never made a rod before and the, uh, the rod, the finished product, I was, you know, I'd surprised myself with, um, you know, how... How good it was. It was really good, right? Uh, well, how not bad it was. I, I don't use that word good. I'm not good at much. Anyway, and this... Um, it's really sad, man. <laughs> you, there's workshops you can work on your own confidence, you know? Yeah, no, I'm just realistic. So, so this thing, um, <laughs> this particular ride came up real good, and so did my mates. Yeah. Anyway, and... Um, I'd, did I'd you do your mates? No, no, I don't do my mates. Anyway, um, right. I'd, I had done my research. Did your mate do himself, do his own rod? He, he did. It was red, too. Um, yeah. yeah, what's that got to do with it? Because uh, it was the colour of the blank. Mine was yellow. Yeah, but you said anyway. red too, like it was some sort of association there. 
Oh, it just sort of matched his hair. Anyway. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, Did, anyway. So yours was yellow? Yeah, when I don't have hair, so I couldn't match. Oh. Anyway, so... So I've done my research on the lines uh, that were, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the popular opinion recommended for this rod, and um, yeah, the first cast I was like, wow, that's uh, very unique compared to graphite. Like, um, it's you don't want to use, you don't want to say good or bad. It's just different. Mm. Uh, but eventually, uh, I, I took it, I took it fishing, um, and. I think on the, actually on the first trip, I got a, a nice pond wrasse, uh, sewer tusky tilapia, whatever you want to call it. Call tilapia. It. Yeah, tilapia. And made it bent. And it wasn't a big tilapia. It was it was a different experience. Uh, yeah, I'd, I have to say, I, I'd be lying if I said I was dying to get into it. All right. So, uh, again, that was. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of flipped it not long after that. Um, but yeah, it's a different experience. Glad I tried it and I'm not looking forward to doing it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. But you've kept the Razor scooter though when you tried that, right? No, no. Okay. I, sold that too. Cool. Yeah. I ended up taking it up north, doing some jungle perch fishing on it. And look, you know, in, in that small sort of pocket water and streams and that, you know, the, the level of touch and finesse. It's pretty good, you know. Like there's there's a level of control at, the, at those <coughs> small, yeah. yeah but um, yeah, what I'm saying is I, I I didn't adapt to it in the time I spent with it, and I wasn't willing to spend more time to do that. So I'm sure they're great tools. Actually, I did have a cast of a of a little. Um, I think it was a three weight, about seven foot glass. Uh, it was many pieces, like a, I want to say it was a smuggler style, but it was a it was just, it was a many piece short rod, um, and it. I mean, it was great at 20 feet, which is really unusual for, for the rods I use, like um, that I'm used to, I should say. Mm. And uh, that was a unique experience. I mean, I could imagine, you know, on those tiny little creeks with hardly any back cast or whatever, you sort of like almost point and shoot, as close to point and shoot fishing as fly fishing can get. Um, you know, that'd be, that'd be a deadly tool in the right spot. Um, but didn't enjoy it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Hear what you say. I uh, the, okay. There's some there's some things I can relate to in the in the cards conversation. I guess maybe this um, this intro is turning into a little bit of a uh, uh, an experience with between between two people who are not experienced with fiberglass rods at all. Really, I guess, and it's, and it's interesting to look at it because um, okay. So I mean, I I obviously had to develop an interest in a fiberglass rod before getting this rod, and um, and you know I looked into it and stuff like that. And and from what I could tell, like you said there with the short cast, it was something that that I was interested in and I wasn't sort of clicking until you said that till I can relate to something that happened last night. I was finding that it was actually shooting further than I thought it would with it, with less line that I would carry on a graphite rod. If you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and of course, I mean, I'm I, like, I've said this plenty of times on the, on the podcast. Um, I talk about the story of fishing with Andy bolts the first time fishing for carp and how the stream craft, kind of kicked my ass you know, like coming from um many years of um of fishing lakes and and uh with no 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 concerns about back cars or tuna or flats and stuff like that and just trying to bang yep. out bang out you know like um you know with 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 tuna you're trying to hit the hit the fish from as far as you can with flats you're trying to be as stealthy as you can so 
you know, like if you can see it from as far as you can, you're going to want to put on a dinner plate from there. Same with um, lakes. If you're blind casting, you know, like you, you want to cover as much water as you can. And to do that is to put as much distance between your fly and yourself as you can on your cast. Um, why would I expect that from a glass rod? You know, like I found myself last night sort of trying to cover water in light lines and stuff. And, um, you know, I was probably carrying too much line. You know, I don't think for a second that I could blame the rod. Like the rods... um. It's a Thomas and Thomas Lodic, and and it's described as a um a fast glass, I guess you could say. I, I think that's the way to describe it. I should, I hadn't looked that up before I spoke about it on the show, but it feels gutsy, you know. Like I, I will say that, you know, it feels it feels soft, but it feels gutsy. It doesn't feel like it's a like an even bend. It feels like it's got taper. Let's, I think that's a good way to put it. Does that? If I told you that, would that make sense to you? Yes. I mean, it obviously has. It's not. It's not a not a, a an even cylindrical stick, you know. But it, um, but it feels like. But by, by, by that I mean, it feels like it's got taper. Like if I mean, something was completely noodly and it felt like nothing was there, like it was super flexy, it wouldn't feel like it's got taper. I I I hope that's a good way to describe it. I know what you're saying. I know. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. It it feels like I'm not willing to give up on it, you know, because I can feel. It feels very different. It feels foreign. I think that's awesome. Also, fair enough to say, but it feels like a fly rod to me. Um, I don't think it was fair of me to um, to to expect an instant connection with a line that I wasn't like. I'm not familiar with matching fiberglass rods to to lines, and and I'm not familiar with the uh, slowing the action down, which everyone talks about. You need to you need to see it. I need I need to go to the park or, or fish yeah. during the day or something to see it. You know, and I. I need to have those expectations of what the rod's designed for. It's, I yeah. don't know how long it is. It's not nine foot. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably close to. It's in. It's in the seven foot range. You know. Seven foot four, mate. It's seven foot four, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not a rod that you're going to be covering water at eighty feet with two false casts, is it? You know. That's correct. Yeah. So you know, like for for those those casts, like I was talking about, where I was surprised how far it was shooting um, with with least less line out than i would carry with a graphite rod it was probably comfortably casting it like almost oddly effortlessly you know 50 60 feet that two and a half inch game changer which is more than enough really yeah sure it was just that i couldn't cast it consistently you know like i, I was probably you know muscle memory the more you get relaxed you do a couple of good casts you get relaxed with it muscle memory kicks in and i was probably creeping forward with that cast because I was used to that timing with a faster action rod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like like you said, you know, you're, you're getting older. Um, yep. You're, prob- you're probably getting creepier and weaker. So. You think you my know. eyes are still the same? Oh, I don't know. I've been probably noticing. not. Yeah, it's in the dark, mate. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, last night was the <laughs> the first time. I mean, it's come close plenty of times, but the first time I I, I could not. I, I had to tie a knot by braille. I couldn't see it, you know. I couldn't focus on it. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've only got glasses while while this podcast has been going. Avid avid fans, if there <laughs> are any, would would know that there was a time where I said I got my first pair of glasses today. Yeah. A, so yeah, that. But last night was the first time I couldn't tie a knot. Just could not fucking see it. Eh? <laughs> I gotta say, I crack up when I see you wearing glasses. It's just so unexpected. Eh? Wearing them now. Yeah. You know, picturing you as some. Middle-aged creep is just hilarious. 
but somehow you knew it was always going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, I've got a mind's eye what you're going to be like, you know, at middle age too. And um, <laughs> I mean, a couple of things come to mind, like um, like banned from playgrounds and <laughs> things like that, criminal records. Nah. But, you know, this is not the time and the place that you're talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, you've done your time. I mean, it's probably, history's probably not going to repeat itself. <laughs> right? Uh, look. Let's let's not joke about you know that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll all we'll all get older and sillier as we do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. That, so yeah, congratulations on your first glass rod, man. It sounds like it felt different, but good different. Hey, um, how did you adapt to the to the um, was it like a cigar shaped um, grip on it? Yeah, it's just a half wheel. The half wheel, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I know what you're saying. Now this was a half world grip, you know. That's, yep. Um, but the the cigar grip is just straight in it. I've never had a rod like that. Okay, right. Isn't it? Uh it's it's a. I I thought cigar and and um, half worlds were similar, but I guess it depends which company describes it. I guess they're all different. Oh yep. right, I've never. I just thought yeah, because there's there's other grips besides full grips and half world, isn't there? Full well and half well. It just depends who's got who calls it what. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, mate. Um, nah. But anyway, quickly packed that rod up and um, yeah, well, I was starting to, to dredge lines around, so I was just using a fast sink line there. With that you don't use a lot of fast sink lines, do you? You don't like bass. <laughs> Actually, I've um, I don't mind them for for you know true deep dredging for stuff offshore, um, cobia, finger marks. You know, deep wrecks. I was really fortunate early on to get to get uh, really good schooling in, in dredging by John Snell. He's one of the best I've seen at that. Oh, like I spoke a... to him on the phone yesterday. Oh, did you? I did. It's always an entertaining call. Yeah, told me all about Man and Greta and um, wanted some wanted some custom stuff for me to order in for him. But uh, yeah, uh, no, mate, it was good to talk to Snelly. He had a ball up there, eh? Just a ball, mate. Just a ball. But yeah, no, he he was. Um, I, I remember when he was um, making a lot of noise about dredging those wrecks um, up up off that place in North Queensland. Um, I really don't want to say much more than that about that location, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's different. But there's different types of dredging. I, I was talking to someone um, online the other day who was asking about advice for dredging, uh, and and dredging's not a real. I don't know how people what people think of when they think of dredging, but it started it started to make me think of like fast sink lines, like oils ain't oils with those fast sink lines. You know, there's there's shallow water fast sink line fishing, and there's what you're doing there. You know, like super deep stuff, yep. and not and not all lines are uh, are made equally for that. That's for sure. You know, so um, I you know like there's there's I was using that call and compact six last night. So was Jake. I fucking yep. love that line. It's so so nice to cast. It's just it's not what you expect from a um, a fasting line coming from the days of striper fours, which were just you know. There, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem casting, but I did a lot of lot of casting for bass and things like that. So you get used to it pretty quick. But um, the tapers on some of the fasting lines now, not necessarily with Cortland, but you know, some of them as well are, are really good. And that 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 um that setup of a of a fasting head with an intermediate running line. Yeah. I'm really coming around to that for that sort of depth of around um, 
you know, up to maybe seven, seven or eight meters, which is a lot of, a lot of my what I would consider deep fishing for me. Yep. You know, having those um, lines that are like the full sinks and like, um, you know, previously used like you know, multiple multiple density compensated lines and stuff like they can be a little bit deep. You can, you can you can have to fish them a little bit faster than you'd like to. You know, whereas when you got that that um, intermediate running line, even the floating running line, even is pretty good with the fast sink head. Um, can't think of the model used to have like that, but just that um, just that connection you got to the fly with that with that slower sinking running line hanging up for that depth of water, it's yeah. pretty good. Good connection. Yeah. Do you find um, you know lines that that have a, like if you're floating running line transitioning to a, a fast sink head, mm-hmm. you know if the if the taper just behind the fast sink isn't built up like it can hinge really bad. No. Car- no, okay. no. Um, I know what you mean. Like I hit, used to have a rod at line, a, a line back in the day, uh, a long time ago. SA mate had like a real lump at the back of the head, and uh, and that was that was pretty nice to cast. It was once you got that lump out, it was it was so nice to shoot. Um, but the I believe that like the the coiler ones have got that 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 handling. What is it called? Uh, do they call it a handling line? Um, handling. Like it's, it's like a falling. It's like an extended rear taper, you know. Yeah. And kind of does away with that hinge that you're talking about there. It's like it really molds the floating line aspect into the fast sink line aspect, or the the um, the tungsten coated yeah. part of the line, um, quite well. You know, I don't get in like that. I, I I like that line. The sink rate has been like a sink rate that I've used on many lines for many years. There's no there's no different there. I like just like the way it casts. I like the head design. It's just that that what what we're talking about there, what you're talking about there, and this version of it, it's just so nice to cast. Yep. You know, it, uh, a fasting line is not the sort of line you want to have in the air for more than more than a couple of false casts. You want to. The whole idea of it is to cover water. You're not. It's not a presentation line. You're not. You're not sight fishing with it. I'm sure you can, but you're not. Do you know what I mean? It's. Sure. It's get it out, get it as far out as you can, or cover cover as much water as you can, and get it down as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah. It's all about efficiency, I guess. Those style of lines, and you know, allowing you to cover water that you would normally be able to touch properly using normal, I say, conventional sort of um, intermediate floating sort of setups. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it worked well. I mean, it's a great casting line, but it didn't help us last night. It was a real swing and a miss last night. We must have we looked at this sound, it was just lit up. Just just in a slack tide, there was just fish everywhere. I don't know what the hell they were. They were you know, like it was near near river mouth. You could arguably say there's a lot of brim in there. Um, but they weren't even hitting it, you know, and I reckon there was a lot of soapies in there as well, but nothing. They weren't hitting anything. We did like five or six fly changes each, which is as you know, is pretty rare for me to change the fly. I don't change the fly at all. I I don't I don't often blame the fly. I'm pretty confident with my fly selection right from the word go, but generally, but just couldn't get them to eat. And then um, as soon as that tide started running, the whole sander just cleared the whole spot where we were sitting. I don't know where they went. I couldn't follow them, didn't know where they were going. I really want to get that um, that Humminbird 360. I really reckon that's, you know, compared to like, I mean, the live scopes and stuff look pretty cool, but I'd like to know which, particularly with fly fishing, I'd like to know what direction they're moving. You know, the oh, fish are moving. Yeah, I think uh, I got side imaging now. I got a Solix 12 on the boat, and that's um, 
once they pass through that razor thin beam it's like a boil like that that's where fish were i don't know where, which way they where they're going where they're moving parallel with the boat whether they're going i mean some fish you can tell if they're big enough to be able to tell whether they're going which which direction they're pointing um but i don't know if they're moving diagonally or completely parallel i don't know how fast they're moving but that 360 seems to pick all that up pretty well i reckon from what i've seen yeah yeah right it does it work better on some fish sizes and shapes than others or well fish like like barra and stuff like that show up really well i mean they've got a really high side to them and they're a big fish well they can be obviously um yeah. you know something like that thread fin so, got that really defined fork tail that shows up pretty well um sharks show up really well on it as well um that i showed you that picture i sent you and um on that group chat we we're on that picture of um uh went out went out and caught some brim on that Cortland 58 thing the other day you saw, you saw that screenshot I sent you, right? Yep. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So there was, um, for the listeners, like uh, I was sitting in about five foot of water and I sent these guys a screenshot and there was something. I mean, we we're in five foot of water and this thing was um, was probably as equally as long as in the deep, we, as as the water was deep. It wasn't a shark, but it was hard to tell the shape of it. It was either a jewfish or a barra for sure. But on one side of the boat, it's just this massive shape. <laughs> On the other side of the boat is just a massive school of brim, and uh, it was just amazing how they put the boat, the the smaller fish put the boat between uh, me and the predator. Sorry, I've said <laughs> this wrong so many times. Put uh, put the boat between them and the predator. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I went fishing all night last night, and I'm doing a podcast tonight. I thought you were admitting to being a small fish. Nine thirty. Yeah. Right. Should be asleep. <laughs> but I do it for the people. <laughs> it's funny how it feels like an obligation sometimes. Eh? Are we, we going to get this guest on or what? Where is he? I'd be right. I think we're. I think we're running a little bit early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're, we've only been fifteen minutes or something. Like that. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was that. Those rods are pretty good too. Eh? I like uh, while well, we're doing a little bit of a rod review. That that that, that whole combo. It's only like three hundred bucks for everything. The the fly line, Which the backing, Cortland. the Cortland rods. Yeah, like the um the graphite rods, the Cortland. So I um I used some of Jimmy's one of Jimmy's flies. So I I, I pulled that rod out. And I thought I'll give it a crack out of the box. I'm I'm a right hand wine. I left it at left hand wine. I wasn't thinking that any anything in uh, where I was fishing was gonna nearly gave it away. Anything where I was fishing was going to um pull string. So I didn't think I was going to use it other than to put the line away, which turned out the way it was anyway. Yeah. Um, I wasn't leading up to some epic story of a metre jewfish on a flyweight or anything. Um, yeah. Hey? Fold on your over. Yeah. I know I know you better say you wouldn't put it past me, but thanks, mate, for your vote of confidence. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't happen, Bolts. So, hang on. You're saying Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Caves? Jimmy Caves, yeah. Fur babies. What'd you call him? Jimmy Caves. Okay. Yep. So when I get flies, it's like Jimmy Brings. Oh, Jimmy Brings. Yeah. He sends it to you. Yep. <laughs> no, <that laughs> <Jimmy>. <laughs> yeah. So I um so I just I just got that that thing out. It comes with a um like a nine foot tapered leader. So I put a I put another five foot of um eight pound fluoro on the end of it. I think it's a, looks like a mono leader. Um, so I was fishing that that five foot of water range, and there was, there was brim schooled up everywhere. It was fucking 
pretty pretty cool sight to see and um yeah banged a few brim on that thing a couple of flathead um put it to put it to the test it was it was pretty fun it's a pretty good ride it's nice nice and easy to cast i wouldn't call it it's a fast action rod but i wouldn't call it super fast you know uh-huh so that that and the, the eight weight comes in the same thing um um they're both sort of the same pretty forgiving to cast that's for sure pretty fun pretty nice Would you like to try one? Yeah, I might actually. I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing what all the fuss is about. Yeah. I saw it recommended on a, on a saltwater forum too from a from another source, which was good. Um saying, you know, make sure you have a ping with a Cortland um, oh, yeah? outfit. Yeah. So yeah, it's sort of um it's getting a bit of traction across across the medias. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this because um, you know uh, Nervous Water probably want you to know this, and 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 so would the other sponsor in Beast Brushes. But it's unfortunately it's not coming back. They're not coming back into the country again, um, uh, which I haven't actually advertised. You you get the scoop, listeners. So if if you think that you know you'll be right and they'll be there for when you're ready, they they may not be. And um, so it's I mean it's not not in, not in my control any of that. So it's um. It just is what it is. But they are a great rod. Um, I believe all the warranties still stand off, of course. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't think, I don't think uh, Nervous Water are going to bring them in again. Okay. Unfortunately, but uh, it's a bit of a shame. Get them while they're hot. Three hundred bucks yeah. for a rod, real line and lead. You can't complain. No, they're pretty good. Yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, I, I I bought the A weight and the three and the five weight for myself and. I'll um I'll happily fish that next to some of the more expensive rods. That's for sure. I mean they're they're a bit slower, but like we're talking about for using a rod for the intended purpose with a glass rod. Yeah. I mean a five weight's not a not a hundred foot cannon. You know with a you know while you're fishing. I know people use it for competition casting and all that sort of carry on, but man, I'm not going to be planning to fish a hundred feet on a five weight. You know anytime soon. Yeah. It's a nice rod. I, I think I've said it on the show before. I, I started off with a combo, a Loomis combo. What was okay. your first rod? Uh, Loomis 8.9 GL3 Mega. Oh, really? Geez, that's that's high end to be starting out on. What made you, um, was that a recommendation? Or did yeah, you it, was. Fluke it, it was. It was actually. I read about it in a, um, I read about it in a QFM magazine. I'd always sort of uh, been fly curious. And there was a bit of a, uh, a shootout. And, um, this one, this particular rod, had some uh, pretty good reviews relative for its price. Mm-hmm. So at the pro- at the price point, it was you know considered good value. Um, it was sort of at the time it sort of made sense. I'll get an eight nine weight. You know, I'm actually getting two two line weights covered here. Haha. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, to I was a uni student, so yeah, I didn't I didn't see coming where I am now. Like. The multiple amounts of, of rods that are two and three times what I paid for that. So, mm. but at the time I was like, you know, my precious. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. man, that's uh, that's still that's not a cheap rod. That eight nine a GL three. Did you say it was? Yeah, wasn't a GLX? Four hundred bucks, four five hundred bucks. Was it? Yeah. Well, how, yeah. What was the what was the GLX then? The GLX was still like a thousand dollars, wasn't it back then? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was way out of my league. Yeah. 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 I didn't realise the GL3s were, were, were that cheap. In the end. I thought they were more more sort of 600 sort of thing. 
you know what? No. You, you may or may not be right. I, I can't remember, but I, I didn't have a lot of money at the time. It was significantly cheaper than the top of the line. Um, but it was a two-piece. I remember it yep. had this huge, huge bloody um, rod tube. Uh, it had a detachable butt. It's one of those Pacific Bay butts that you could unscrew and take off. Big round one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, I had the GLX Mega. My first Mega was a 1011. But, yeah, uh, nice. I, I'm interested to know. I bought it secondhand too. But, uh, I'm interested to know as a uni student, how do you acquire funds? You know, do you, is there ways to hack the system, so to speak? No, I did it the hard way, mate. Um, I was uh, collecting trolleys. Uh, I was a registered rooster um, at, at the local supermarket. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, I did whatever I had to uh, within a supermarket to to, um, to earn some bucks, and uh, yeah, it was good. It's good. How was? Yeah, go on. How was? How was? So, register rooster. That's the male version of checkout chick, is it? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And um, and how did uh, how did you like that job? I didn't enjoy it. I, I really. really no, I was. People get a bit. Um, people change personalities when when they're handling money or, or they've had to wait. Um, worst thing was probably serving people for cigarettes. So those guys can get a bit cranky. Yeah, mm, need their fix. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's um, and you know back then um, we we're talking 25, 26, maybe even closer to thirty years ago. Um, no, it was probably twenty five. Anyway. Um, you know, like the the number one selling cigarettes were Long Beach Forties, Long Beach Miles. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you couldn't get enough of those. Though. There's always people coming in getting them. Um, someone even did a runner with a carton one day. And uh, what a champion! Yeah, yeah, I'll have a carton of Long Beaches and pretended that he um, it you know, oh, you know, dropped his wallet and then bolted with these things and yeah, uh, it's that, it, that was his, that was his move. Oh, yeah. I dropped me wallet. Did you? So you handed it to him and said, "Here you go, mate." And he was going to get the money in exchange. Pretend he, yeah, just put him on the counter, like, and you know, he, he was like, um, he, "You know, I got my wallet here." Or, you know, pretend to drop it, and when when we looked over, he just bolted, picked it, picked the thing, and run. So, yeah, distracted us and, and bolted. Yeah, so I'm sure you. I'm sure at um, what eight dollars an hour, you were real motivated to chase this uh, method, right? <laughs> You know, meth wasn't a thing back then. I, I think it was angel dust, regular yeah. speed or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he uh, he bolted around the back and um, of this place, and there was a car waiting. And yeah, off they went. Um, yeah, oh, regular Bonnie and Clyde. That's wild. Oh, yeah. Did you? Long how, yeah. how did you? You must have got sent home for the day after an experience like that, right? Nah, nah, that stuff didn't bother me. Hey, like it's just you know people doing what people do. Um, on the streets, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this in Redcliffe or something? Was it? No, no. The tough streets of North Brisbane, mate. Aspley there, yeah. Wild. Oh, it was, man. Yeah, it was really tough things there. Really yeah. tough. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's you're liable to hear swear words in that area. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> tough part of town. Yeah. I remember once, right? There was this building site. Someone graffitied it. Yeah. The, um... Cock and balls. Yeah, they, yeah, cock and balls, and, and they wrote shit in the concrete before it's set. Um, yeah, it's still Badass. Yeah, Badass. so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, well, at least you're still here, you know, you made it through. Oh, no, yeah, I 
yeah, I don't know how I did it. Yeah. Well, it was probably that the, the hopes that you hung on to with that GL3 just got you through, you know. If <laughs> the kid, the kids that didn't have a GL3, mate, <laughs> mate, they didn't they, make it. They see, they see me rolling, they be hating. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> how did you carry it with your um, razor scooter? Did you just have it strapped to your back? <laughs> it was sort of tough. You had to put it vertically along your back because that is yeah. on it. Yeah, because you put it horizontally and then you tried to go along the footpath, you end up clearing a space. Yeah, it was yeah. tough. Yeah, that is tough, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's mega tough. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like night fishing and razor scooting's off for a while, though. It looks like this, this rain system that we're about to get is going to ruin the rivers for a few months. And I think for those that are listening in um, in, in, in Bass Empowerment Towns, which will, this weather system will cover quite a few because it's going to stretch all the way down to Sydney and everything, it's not looking good for schooling bass. Like, those bass will be starting to school pretty hard, if not already. And they'll be near the wall. And if those walls go over, yep. see you later. Yeah, the rivers will have some some big uh, spawners in it. But yeah. Yeah, but the impairments will be, be gone-ski. So it'll be, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like one man's minus is another man's plus. So they say, right? Yeah. Is that how the saying goes? Well, see how you guys used to say it in Aspley? One man's meth is another man's tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh yeah if you like to fish out of a boat it's not good news <laughs> if you like to trespass after listening to last week's episode uh it's good news for you yeah it's so unseasonal man like it's all these impairments like uh there was a year I can remember locally here, which obviously didn't affect the east coast of Australia like this one is, we had a metre of rain in September, which is right at the end of this bass schooling up. I was still around the wall. And my lake, um, Lake McDonald, before that event in 2009, was synonymous with with big bass, you know, like half a metre bass regularly, not not uncommon. And um, it just hasn't, hasn't bounced back since then. You know, what are we, um, 12 years after, and we're about to lose them all again. And it's 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 super rare to get a, a fish in the late, in the mid-40s or late-40s in that place now. Yeah, right. That's a so, shame. I mean, there are very slow-growing fish. Impoundment fish are synonymous with fast growth rates because of the abundance of food in these lakes, but bass are still quite slow-growing. It must be absolutely shithouse at, at converting protein into into mass, you know? Like, oh, come on, man. Stop giving them such a hard time. There's plenty of people who like bass. You like razor scooters. I like bass. But you're right. They probably are terrible at their job. Like brim, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brim. Yeah. Well, those wily brim, mate. Like, you know? They, they're way slower growing, I believe. Are they right? Well, I don't know. I'm not a um, I'm not a fish biologist, but what sort, um, of, what sort of growth rates are you aware of? I'm aware of a 25 year old fish in in brim being somewhere in the vicinity of late 30 centimeters. You know? Yeah. Right. 
could you imagine how many, how many, how many? I've probably said this on the show before because it consistently amazes me those massive brim. How many, how many baits and lures they must have seen in that in that twenty five years? Yeah, fair few, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite the accomplishment then to catch one of those rats with fins on on a fly. I reckon after. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just call a spade a spade there. Right? They're they're probably gonna they're probably gonna survive a nuclear fallout. You know, like they're they're yeah. gonna be here. They're the they're the toughest little things going. They are uh, pros. You know, you know the 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 frustrating thing about those fish is that like you could go fish a stormwater drain with literally bits of turd floating out of that drain, and <laughs> and go and catch thirty <laughs> of them, but put that same fish. On a on a gin clear flat in, in like in the middle of the day, and I don't care how far away you are or how light your leader is, that thing will turn its nose up every time. Wow, it's one yeah. of the hardest fish to catch, you know. So that's um, so I guess it's <laughs> a, a brim's just a matter of perspective, I suppose, to how much you put value on it. They're not yeah. easy either way around, I reckon. Reminds me of that movie. Um, uh, was it American Pie that uh, Alison Hannigan goes? This one time at band camp, <laughs> I went fishing. <laughs> Anyways, this one time at brim camp, <laughs> I put stickers on my skeeter. <laughs> this other time at brim camp, I got two new sublimated shirts. <laughs> one other time at brim camp. I put stickers over the rear window of my car so you knew damn well what I was into. <laughs> Eco gear. Yeah. Atomic. Woo. Oh, yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, look, it's um, they're just low-hanging fruit, yeah, brim anglers. Uh, I've had to explain myself many times. Yeah. You're one of them. <laughs> We're just fun. Yeah. Just fun and, yeah. Yeah, I, I dig them. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll hack on them every day of the week, brim anglers. And brim, but uh, I will definitely spend a day trying to catch them and only come home with one and feel like I've made a massive achievement. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, La- one. <laughs> Last night when I pulled the boat in, it was uh, about two o'clock in the morning. No other person in the, in the car park. Just about to go. And this weird seedy dude that um, – <laughs> Actually reminded me a lot of my friend Andy Vockler came over and um and 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 asked us if we if we ate brim. What? Just out of the blue. You boys eat brim? Like raining in, in the middle of the week car park, you know, at uh, at two AM. It's a weird question, right? You guys eat brim? No. Do you wanna try? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I got I gone. <laughs> Goes, nah, mate. And he goes, oh, I've just got a couple of a couple of nice ones. And he's got this plastic bag. You couldn't see what was in the plastic bag. And he's like, I've got these really nice ones here in this plastic bag. Do you, do you, do you want them? Like, nah, mate. Nah, we're all good. And he goes, I said, oh, I normally throw them back. And um, he goes, yeah, so do I. And he just walked off. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know if he was crazy or he literally had brim on offer. But um, why would he keep them if he normally throws them back? It's, a, it's an unusual one. It sounds like a, a setup, mate. Like, they smell like petrol. <laughs> <laughs> smell them. They're really fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken the road for myself. 
<laughs> what do you know about Kanungra? Uh, I um, I, <laughs> I figured that as a kid, you know, I meant to accept candy from strangers, but as an adult, <laughs> Brim's Brim's just completely off the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very random very very random uh, i often worry about um <laughs> pulling the boat in at, at boat ramps like that at that time of the day but my friend maca told me once when i'm like oh that boat ramp looks pretty sus and he goes what are you worried about and i said i don't know just who knows who's hanging around that place and he goes mate well i can tell you one thing the only people that hang around boat ramps at at 2 a.m in the morning are fishermen and weirdos He's kind of right. <laughs> what else would anyone else be doing there? I don't know, man, but I wouldn't mess with Macca. No. Macca knows what's up, dude. He's from, he, mate, he, um, he's not from, where, where, where what was your town again? I've totally fucked it. Albury? Yeah. Asbury. Yeah. yeah, right. He makes Asbury look, Asbury look pretty tame, actually. Macca. Yeah. But this dude, he under those categories, was hard to pick. Had no rod. Had a plastic bag that he allegedly had brim in. What was he driving? Huh? What was he driving? Didn't even see a car. Didn't don't know where he came from. There's no other cars in the car park. Don't know, like the massive car. You know the car park. It's huge. Don't know where this dude came from, man. So he's just come out of the darkness from yeah. nowhere, left and gone back to nowhere. Yeah, it turned around. Just like I actually didn't didn't I I got out of there. I got the hell out of Dodge. Quick ass. So, I wanted to go home. Uh, the car so he was obviously waiting for you guys to come in your last boat in must have been <laughs> yeah oh man, oh, man. <laughs> really weird man i think he must yeah. have um he might have might have uh, decided to change his mind after looking at jake jake's a pretty impending sort of force to look at jake yeah he's a specimen is he he's a he's a he's um he's intimidating yeah yeah right yeah um, but yeah, I, I, you're probably right. When I when I look at this a bit closer, and I take Macca's theory into account, potentially this dude might have had nefarious intentions and changed his mind at last minute. What um, what do you think changed his mind? Did you, Jake? Like uh, stickers? Oh, Jakey. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Jakey. Yeah. All, all all Jakey has to do is look at you the wrong way, mate. You know it. You know, like it's um. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't mess with him, dude. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have, have you ever have you ever had an experience at a boat ramp with with strange eggs like that? Uh, um, look, nothing comes to mind. Hmm. Um, what, any casting competitions or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> there was a weirdo there. Yeah, he had, yeah. Uh, I felt sorry for him because he he had um, he had look, it, look. I'll be honest; it looked like a pelican had shit in his hair. Oh, crazy! <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was a wig or not. Anyway, he uh, yeah, he he was there. Um, I'm trying to think, of other weirdos have met at boat ramp. Nah, not really. It's not it's not important at this time, mate. I'll tell you what, no. though. Next time, next do next show we do. Uh, or uh, on the outro of this show or something like that, we should um, maybe, maybe we'll give some thought. I'm sure there's somewhere somewhere along the lines where you've met someone who's quite the character Yep. at a boat ramp. Plenty of people have. 
I, I fish nights all the time, man. And it's um that's the that's the first time and I don't even know if that was a sus situation. He could have been as genuine as anything. He could have been living uh, somewhere near the boat ramp. There's plenty of homeless people on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough for him. You know, it's winter, it's cold, rainy night. Um might have been able to cook those brim. You know, might have might have just felt like it was time to, you know, do get rid of them. Might not have been able to eat them because of because of losing all those teeth from the meth. You know, you, you never know. And probably, probably, probably had nowhere to plug a blender in or anything like that. Obviously, you know, make fish cakes. But uh, mate, it's a real scenario, dude. Let's 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 not okay. dismiss the realities of life. Right? Yeah. Sad. Sad. It's very sad. It's not something to joke about. Homelessness. Or meth. Yeah. So, um, Brim, uh, good Brim, spawning Brim. This brim but yeah, spawning Brim. You want to yeah. hear about that? Bit of extra protein. Tell me about them. I think most people, look, you know, like people, if you're going to fish for spawning, spawning Brim in winter are a fun as on fly. You're going to have to fish deeper though, but they're in big groups and it's yeah. hard to miss. You don't even have to be a good caster. You just be like right. Jakey, you know? That's not true. I know Jakey's listening. I'm going to correct that. Jakey's actually a very good caster. Right. I'm not even not even pissing in his pocket. I mean, you know, yeah. just he's, he's good. He's left-handed. Just... I like fishing with Jake because he's left-handed. It's like I would fish with the devil himself if he was left-handed. Really? Oh, mate, it's uh, it's a luxury fishing with a left-hander when you're a right-hander. It's great. I actually know it's true because I, I know a dude who's left-handed that you fish with. So who? Uh, so these brim and then when they're schooling up and and they're spawning, is there a particular technique you find more effective than others? Like I mean, you could I'm not that experienced with it, man. I'm really not. Okay. But I can tell you my my experience. I don't I don't often go. I don't have an ethical problem with targeting spawning brim because there's just so many of them. You know. I don't, I don't encourage it, mate. If you can take out the breeders, <laughs> next step towards removing another generation of those fuckers. But I yeah. would say that about flathead, you know? Those <laughs> things are pests. Not well, often I'm like, yes, a flathead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but schooling schooling brim in winter, the things you need to know is you're probably going to need a sounder mm. uh, of some sort, if not to check the depth. Not that they're in necessarily deep water. Probably... Probably look for more consistency than anything else, like even ground. Maybe that's not even true. Oh, like I said, I'm not that experienced with it, but you need to, if you've got a sounder, you can see them on the sounder, you know? Um, use a uh, an appropriate line to, to the depth. I was going to say a fast sink line. Fast sink line is probably the best thing to take if you have one line, I reckon. Uh, a, a type six line six, sinks at six inches per second. Um, and just a, a size appropriate fly. I've, you can catch them on clouses this time of year like this, you know. I used um, Jimmy K's fur babies, and they're really good. Oh, I need to give a shout-out to um, um, Brooke, Brooke Swanton. He, he sent me up some of his um, um, uh, uh, finger mullets. Have you seen – you, do you know who I'm talking about? You, Brooke, uh, Brim, Brimfly Lure, it's called. Okay, yeah, Brooke. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yep. Let me just check that handle. I'm so used to seeing it that I don't pay attention to it. No, but, you're um, right. But it's Brooke, is it? Hang on. Yeah, Brooke's his name. Uh, Brimfly Lua, yeah. Brooke Swanton, yeah. Okay. So, 
uh, um, I just want to give a shout. Like he's he's um he's been working on his finger mullet for a while, and I've been um, ruining his day with with harsh critiques. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got all the best intention in the world. I mean, do you want me to tell you that that fly looks good if it if it if it doesn't? You know, let's face it. And and Brooks seemed to appreciate it. He kept working on it, working on it, and, and he was oh. starting to catch fish on it. And not just one, then two, then then it was then it was getting really consistent with it. Um, and uh, and I've got a couple of brim on fly lately, and and you know I've been talking to Brook quite a bit, I suppose, and he's just gone. I'll send you some. So he sent some up. And um, have you seen his finger mullet? Have you seen? I'm, look, I'm seen, looking at it now. How? Let me ask you. How how long do you reckon they are, they are? I don't know if there's a description that describes it or not. I don't know, but just going by the photo, how how big do you reckon those things are? Two and a half inches. Yeah, I, I reckon they'd look like that too. But mate, they are all of an inch. They are, yeah, they are tiny. Like so, so I said to him, man, these are so nice. They're so neat, and um, um, but you need to put them next to something that's like common size for people to gauge how small these things are. They're um, they're in, they're they're so so well done. I mean, they're such a um, this I would call it deceptively difficult fly. Like they look easy. To yeah. make, um, but just like game changers, like they need to be trimmed in a way that allows them to swim. And we just spoke about brim and uh, and and how cagey they are. Like I mean, you can see some of the brim that that Brook catches. Um, and this is testament to his flies. Like those brim are pretty big. He catches a lot of cons- consistently a lot of big brim. And we've just <laughs> talked about how old those fish are. And 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 he's in a pretty densely populated part of southeast queensland like a very densely populated part of that world how many how many anglers those fish have seen in 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 those years they've been alive is a pretty good testament to his fly tying skills you know that dude i'm looking at a fly uh sorry a photo of four of them next to a bobbin um back to first of may and they are tiny he's got a very strong finger game um (laughs) pretty good how's he Right, okay, yeah, cool. The mullet game is on point. Um, there we go. The mullet game. Nice one. Oh, yeah. It? Yeah, right. That's the does... Queensland brim. They're pretty big. Yeah, they're yellow pin brim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Queensland right. brim. They got yellow pin brim go down the New South Wales, right? They're, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah, I think as you probably see more big ones caught further south, you know, this is that make, makes these even more creditable. Well, I've never caught black brim. But you speak to someone like Steve Starling that's that's caught a lot of I've seen Steve Starling quote saying yellowfin brim are a much much fussier and and I'm, I'm saying this because I'm giving um, Brooke credit to this is that um, mate he is it's one thing to catch yellowfin brim on fly but to catch this many and this many consistently big ones it's uh, it's such a good. I apologise if you're listening, Brooke, and I'm embarrassing you. Know, I'm, I'm really stoked with him, dude. I'm, I'm really, I really want to say shout out publicly and say thanks. Um, uh, I would have liked to have cast them last night, but I would have hated to have had them get eaten by a pike. That's for sure, and get ruined. But uh, yeah, he just ties them up with just nothing but BB fibre in them, and and they just they work really well. Clearly for the dude, you know, it's just it's just smashing them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. Pretty they're they're a finger mullet, so like an EP finger mullet. What um, sort of do they have, mate? Say it again, sorry. What sort of action do they have? 
they just pull straight like that. That tail, the tail will sort of kick around and stuff, you know, like um, like a deceiver would, you know. But they, they're still, they don't have the movement at rest because they're synthetic, you know. Like they just um, like the wider you trim the head, the more the tail's going to wag from side to side, you know. Side to side, does it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the the, the thinner you do it, the more it's going to pull straight. But the wider it is, and if you can work it like um like a walk the dog sort of thing, you know, uh, it's not going to be a real wide action because I mean they're only an inch an inch inch and a half long, but the action's going to be there enough for a fish to pick up on it. That was one of the things I noticed with game changers, like the action on those things. They're not they they're true to a, a very realistic action, but when we've seen so many like hard body lures and the 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 swim baits the you know like the conventional hard swim baits and stuff how massively wide the action on those things are we're, we're quite disillusioned uh, well disillusioned is probably not the right word but um it's it's hard for us to look at a realistic action and and, and be happy with it but they get those game changers they don't they don't they only move to the width of the head which isn't very wide um but man fish eat the shit out of them you know and I, I kind of wonder, like, with that profile and that 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 more realistic action. How, I mean, it's obviously effective. Can't argue that, right? Well, it's working. I mean, uh, the beef is evident there. You know, that's um, this ain't no uh, no tofu butcher. This this brimfly brimfly. Oh. Yeah. No, mate, he's not bringing the tofu. That's for sure. Tofu yeah. butcher. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Who were you talking about before? I can't remember what you were what you were talking about. But you mentioned someone, and you didn't mention who you were talking about. Was there someone? Do you remember what you were saying? No. I must rewind the show. What, what was the topic? You know what? The further we go into this, the more I'm blanking out. Yeah. 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 Do you have you done much uh, Ludwig fishing? No, there's something I'd like to give a crack, eh? Um, there's a few skills there, like the the mending, um, the, the static pre- presentation and depth in current, um, you know, the three-dimensional uh, triangulating of, of the, the presentation. That's pretty cool. I'd mm. like to, um, but I'd like to, to get on top of that, eh? We did talk about all that stuff in depth with uh, Royce when we had him on, Mr. We Shanks. Did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was a good show. I enjoyed that show. Um, I'd like to do more of it this year as well, but I think these rivers are going to be pretty rooted for a while after this system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a while till we we have clear water again. But <coughs> hopefully it doesn't flush the um, flush the, the lurdric and the brim out. Um, Ludric. Ludric. Yeah. Is that like Ludric? Could be. Right. Could be. Um, yeah. It probably will. I think. I think it'll be pretty bad. I think we'll get a lot of water. Yeah. So it's a good time to be tying flies, folks. That's for sure. Yeah. And if you need materials, no, I'm only kidding. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got an. Uh, 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 I didn't want it to sound like an ad, just passing conversation, but we've got another big box of bucktail rocking up early next week. Uh, I will not... Hey? You serious? You just got yeah. a... Yeah. yeah, just... Yeah, they're all... They're just about all gone. 
I've got like maybe 15 tails left out of that last box of 400. It, um, um, so I've got another few hundred rocking up, but I will I will be dying those. I'm not made a big mistake in as far as um, uh, telling people that I'll die them for you. Uh, it was quite quite time consuming uh, <laughs> doing them doing them individually like that. But uh, yeah, got some two tones, mate. Tell us about those. Oh yeah, so they were just um, so that okay. Um, interesting enough, I'm gonna nerd out on but dying bucktail right now for a little bit. Um, bucktail is quite difficult to die, and uh, and because bucktail's tapered, there's there's two things that can stop the die from striking evenly, and one can be the the thickness of the hair. Um, where it's thinner, it's going to accept more die than the, than the thicker stuff uh, for some reason, and that's probably a really crass um, explanation. It might not even be that way, but it can strike differently through the length of it. And also some of those, depending on the whereabouts on the length of hair, it can have more lanolin, which when you're dying with a, with water as a medium to carry the dye, will obviously repel the water. Um, so in in some of the early days, sort of uh, that would that would have been considered a mistint, you know, but after speaking with guys like um, Al Simpson, for an example, like he's always quite creative with his tying, he liked, he was, t- he was, de- was demonstrating that he liked that two-tone effect in there. So through understanding why the mist tint was created and being able to get around it and then create a solid color, started to do it on purpose. Right. You know? So then, like, um, started to create tails with three tones of color in it just by controlling where the dye would strike by either um, avoiding pre-washing it or scouring, what they call scouring, by removing removing the lanolin uh well some of it i like to i like to leave i'm actually going to do a video of explaining how i grade the bucktails um what the grades are the way i look at it the way i do it because the grades are all based on my opinion um so i'll do a video to explain that stuff but um um as far as the colors are concerned yeah it was just um like i said it was a bit of a mistint that just sort of um now i just do on purpose i guess Okay. Man, I'm super tired. I know I've lost track of something I was just saying there. Did it sound like I didn't com- didn't finish an explanation to you somewhere? No, no, it was just extremely vague. It was like you were trying to tell us you could do it, but not trying to give away how you do it because your army of um, of copiers would probably come out with similar. Oh, good luck. <laughs> good luck. It's such a fucking black art, man. I like to give you an example of um of certain losses while you like. I'm pretty happy to share stuff, you know, but like when, when, when I'll, I'll just put it there, I'm not, I'm not going to be pretty forthcoming, happy to help people, but I'll, I'm not going to give people exact ways to, to, to diet, um, or even where to get it stuff from. I've had samples come from all over the world for, for different dyes. It's incredibly expensive to, 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 um, to bring a, say a black dye in and then like that's expensive to bring that stuff in with a courier, but then to risk the tails you can't go and dye a rubbish tail and expect it to perform the same as a, as a good tail and because when we live in australia i don't get tails freak it's not like i could just you know go speak to joe blogs the hunter down the road and hey man if you wouldn't mind lopping off a tail for the next one because I, I fucked a few up you know i've got to i got to import them which means import permits from 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 the us and into australia and courier fees 
it's it, it's expensive. You got to be exact. So I've I've made a lot of mistakes, that's for sure, over the past. But I really enjoy it, man. I I I I, I do it for my job, but I really enjoy getting these colors, blending colors together, blending dyes like blending powders to get a certain color. Um, olive was one of the worst ones. Sorry, I'm apologizing now if I'm nerding out on Bucktail. Give me a chance and I'll I'll really talk about this. But um, <laughs> Olive, for example, was really hard for me to get. Uh, it's because you can mix the dyes dry, get a certain color, add water to them, they'll get a certain color. Add them to add them to a dye bath and they'll get a different color again. Like for example, an olive in some of the brands. If I was to just dye an olive tail as the way it comes, it turns out chestnut brown. You know, it's not nowhere near olive. I remember contacting one of the manufacturers once, mate, a few years ago, going, you know, what the hell? Like, what what would you? Okay, so I'm dyeing a product here that you don't design it for, although it's still a protein-based product and it's a protein-type dye. Um, what would you recommend? And they just go, don't know. So it's left up to you. And you can't. It's not like I can contact Hairline and go, "Hey, I'm um, I'm selling tails that aren't bought from you guys. Can you help me with the dye?" They just tell me to get fucked, you know. Yeah. So you, you're completely on your own with it, with this with this learning process. It's it's pretty satisfying when it comes together when you can make it happen. Uh, it's pretty cool, you know. So playing around with those fades now is something quite new. And like I said, it was it was a mistake to start off with. Um, but oh, that's what I was saying. Talking about leaving the lanolin in. That's what I vagued out on. But yep. I leave the lanolin in. Um, I personally reckon that the action I, I in my own flies and and you know you don't have to if if you don't you don't have to agree with me, but you don't have to buy the bucktail either. But I, I like that little bit of lanolin in there because it it reacts with the water, like oil and water. You know, you're going to have more action, more movement with the whole thing. You know, I. I, I wouldn't expect it to be caked on that you can just wipe your fingers over and flick it off, you know. But because um, some of those tails come like that, the amount of oils and stuff that are in some of those hairs from such a cold climate is is pretty staggering, really. Um, yeah. yeah. So I like to leave a little bit of in, which can affect the dye sometimes. And I would I would much rather have a dye. Uh, the colors are quite solid and they're quite consistent for sure. But if it came down to the integrity of the tail or the quality of the hair for fly tying or, or the ability for a fly to work well i would much rather sacrifice the color than than the action that's for sure and that's the way i i sort of look at it and i want to sort of explain that in that video as well um some of the i mean some of the tails there like when people ask me for like a hollow fly or something like that some of those some of that quality of that hair is in contrast to the quality of the hide so to speak sometimes as well some of those hides are absolutely horrendous but the hair is beautiful on it unfortunately some of the softest hair that what you want for that style of tying is on the worst hides you know okay. um you know and and it's it's unless you're uh unless you're into bucktail it can be sometimes hard to sort of get a hide that might be you know 200 mil long but the hair you don't you some of those some of those tails bolts i mean i'm sure you've seen bucktail where right at the base of it it's almost stiff enough to be able to spin to make a dalberg you know yep um, and but some of these ones with a short hide, the the hair is usable a whole way around. Like it's an even length all the way around. And when you look at it, like the yield you get of usable hair compared to like a big hide, like a 300 mil hide, where you only use half, like the middle of the tail and the but the base is is rooted. The tips are too soft or or too short. Some of those ones are like there's more hair on a shorter tail. It's really um 
it's just there's just like tying with it each tail's different each hair's different the dye takes different on them so it's, uh, it's a pretty complex process I, I i enjoy it it's good but yeah been pretty busy with it for sure nice story man it's cool yeah <sighs> thank you for being that condescending friend that just keeps you in check the whole time <laughs> Really appreciate it. I'm sure there's some people that are interested in it. You might not be. When's the last time you tied a fly? <laughs> I'm just like the majority of people, man. I want good hair when I need it. You know, I'm just glad I can get it. You know, I, I don't mind paying people to, to dye it for me. And it's really good that we have a, a um, first of all, that we have the choice of, of hairs and that we can have someone that can give us advice on the right one to use for which application. But people take that for granted. They just show up. To the tackle shop if they're lucky there might be the color they want there you know if they're extra lucky there might be it might be one worth having for for uh, one purpose but yeah mm. yeah i got i got five grades in the shop now but um and yeah. it's really splitting hairs when like you know excuse the pun uh, <laughs> when uh, uh when they uh, might sorry that's it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> When there's only when there's when there's generally only three inches length hair between them to have five grades in between that, it gets pretty specific, you know. And uh, I just don't feel as though I could generalise any any more than that. Really, yeah. and there's no point in in, um, in you lucky dipping and and paying, you know, x amount of dollars for someone who wants six inch hair for someone who's going to get three and a half inch hair. You know, there's no point in that. You know, I reckon. I think it. You don't have to. You shouldn't have to be penalised if you only want to tie for clouses. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. Got a new line of brushes coming out too. While we're on the subject of uh, manufacturing and 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 dubbings as well. Got oh, a cool. group. Got a group of pro ties that I'm consulting with in Australia. That um, asking what's your absolute wish list you want for uh, for dubbing materials and going to start making it. Going to start. I won't give away who they are. They know who they are. And um, already in already in consultation and sample mode right now, um, just making them. Yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that comes because each one of those guys has always said to me, like, you know, it'd be really good if you could get a dubbing or make a dubbing that does this and that. You know, when you make it up in big batches, you know, you you're kind of trying to think of everyone. You know, I suppose that. So this will be more nichey sort of stuff. You know, so that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, a couple of things like that, but. Yeah, really nerd out in the manufacturing side of things. It's really consumed more than the consumes me more than the fly tying aspect these days. Oh, that's, that sounds gratifying for you, dude. It's good. So satisfying. It's like like hunting for brim, mate. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it's challenging. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, what do you say we get this guest on, mate? What have we been about twenty minutes now? Yeah, twenty five. I just checked. Oh. Yeah. I- We've been talking for an hour. Oh, we've blown this show, dude. <sighs> hour and 40 minutes. We'll just, um, let's get yeah. Bob on for next week then or something. We'll, oh. we'll just let him know. <laughs> All right, man. Let's That's, that. um, man, that poor dude. We've been, he's probably been waiting the whole time. I told, when we started the show, I said, Bob will only be 20 minutes, dude. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think he's gone. He's gone offline. No, he's not. I can see him. It's, uh, I'm sure he's not sitting there just like um, ignoring his day-to-day chores, waiting for us to sort of pick up. But he's, I could see he's online. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. All right, we'll do it. We'll, we'll um, 
we'll, we might record it back to back now. Hey, we got time? Yeah, man. And the motivation. Let's get him on. I got the. Energy. Yeah, this this week. Um, this one will come out. We'll do another one for the next one. All right, folks. Well, look. I hope you enjoyed the um, the type six line <laughs> <laughs> and the intermediate line. Uh, you yeah. got the intro and the outro in the one show tonight. Yeah, yeah. That was extra bonus planned. Balti. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to add to this show at this point in time? Perhaps any promotions for any tournaments that are coming up around like that? Well, look, I was going to promote the uh, Hinchinbrook uh, tournament, commonly known as the AFO Hinchinbrook Fly Fishing Challenge. But there's absolutely no point because it's sold out within hours of it being made public. Oh, is it sold out now, is yeah. it? Yeah, mate. And people can't whinge about that. Where They had plenty of warning. Um, it's happened in the past. Um, and, of course, it's been well promoted and well sponsored. Um and yeah, it's uh, it's a great comp. I look forward to uh, hearing how it goes. Um, hopefully, we'll get some updates from people while it's on. And um, I'd love to hear what uh, the tactics are of the winners this year. I heard a rumor that next year the Intermediate Lions competing in it. Did you really? That's what I heard. I don't know how true it is. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that they were going to do a live podcast from the presentation. <laughs> we're going to have to have our shit together to um, to actually get there. Uh, Pretty sure the promoters are going to put us up for that one too. <laughs> I mean, that the immediate line up, right? That was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that'd be good. It's been a few years since I fished one of those. I'd love to get back into that one. Yeah. And and you can handle your piss so much better this, this at this age too, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. What do you, do you reckon that under the Cinder Pub sells alcoholic lemonade? They would do, wouldn't they? There'd be plenty of women up there. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, we'll get you a rattler, mate. We'll put some hair on you. Oh, you already got it. Sorry. Yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get some hair on your nipples then. All right. You left the good bits till the end. Nice work, dude. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? The bucktail was a good bit. So was the brim. What are you? What are you? Hair tail? It had it all tonight. Yeah, it was. No, I mean fiberglass the, rods. Yeah, yeah. I was just reflecting on that. I, yeah, your fiberglass rod review. I wasn't really expecting it, but um, probably not the right. I'm not the definitely not the right guy to a, to to hit up for a fiberglass rod review. I'm still coming to grips with it. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Here's the thing. I might I might journal my experience between shows just quickly let you know and I'm getting more and more used to it and my thoughts and criticisms. How's yeah. that? I mean we've got a yeah. pretty good opportunity here for to introduce someone who's I've never even known anyone who's to, to give me a cast. I oh, actually uh, Jackson Ma let me cast one of his um what was the ones he was he was sponsored by Echo uh, Echo yeah the Steve, Steve Tim Ray Jeff ones. Yep. Yeah, I, I cast a twelve weight glass rod once off him, and that was, yeah, I could. That was during the day and on the gla- on the grass at Gavin Davis's house. Um, what, what about Bolchie? You would have you would have flicked. No, nah, his- I've never cast his rod. He, mate, you, you try and get that orange lightsaber out of his hands, mate. It's like, it's like trying to get to a, a pile of carp road before anyone else. <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen it, mate? Like, it, 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 if you play, if you played. Flags, you know, like that that clubby game. Flags, you know, like and you had a like had two people laying down on the grass, and then there was a carp 
stack full of row like 30 meters away and you fired the starter's pistol, you'll never beat Bolchy, dude. Never. <laughs> I believe you know what I say is true, right? <laughs> is the Gordon Ramsay river meat? <laughs> Doesn't let anyone around. He takes no fuss. He knows what he's doing. That's what you get for not answering the phone today, Andy. <laughs> Give us a call. All right, let's get out of here, eh? All right, mate. Catch ya. Hey, um, do you have any any uh, fancy sign off? Didn't you didn't you talk about one during the week that you wanted to talk about? Have a met oh. like sign off with, right? Here Pretty keen go. to hear it. Ah, uh, here we go. What is you, you use it on? No, it's your no, it's yours, mate. You 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 do it. I forgot, mate. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to cue it was me. Some, it was something to do with that that dude, that um, that that oh, that fisherman. He's got the he got those DVDs and he does the TV stuff. Um. <laughs> that's not ready to. That, that's my. That's my. Um, saving it. Uh, saving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We can't. We can't go there, man. Yeah. Right. Not, no. Not yeah. yet. Out of right. context. It, it hasn't been built up enough. Yeah. It's my blue steel. It has. Yeah. Yeah. Workshopping it still, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Workshopping that 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 outro. Yeah. Should be good. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I think people, you should be you should be hanging in with bated breath for that one. I've heard it. It's special. <laughs> I can't remember it, but it's good. I remember. We had a good laugh about it at the time. Yeah. I actually, that's the reason. I'm pretty sure that's the reason why I can't remember it exactly because I laughed so hard, <laughs> I cut the oxygen after my oxygen after my brain for a certain amount of time, and I've developed like a, a rare form of amnesia that that um, doesn't enable me to remember Volty's jokes. Yeah, hypoxia induced amnesia, temporary. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hypoxicrit, I think yeah. they call them people, don't they? Yeah, high out for short. Yep. Yeah, cool, man. Mm. All right, man. Right, mate. Keep in touch with yourself, hey? Hey, take a mirror to bed and wake up to yourself. Have take, a nice... take, take a hair tail to bed. Wake <laughs> up to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> yeah.